Welcome to the Born and Raised Music Podcast. I am Garrett. And I am Kent. Why do we do it that we way? We switch up the order. We'll <laughs> never get it right. It's just the ongoing thing that we always mess up the intro. Yeah. It's an endearing little uh, Easter egg. Mm. Not an Easter egg. Running, running joke. Don't let the terrible intro deter from how really excellent this episode is and the record that we're talking about it only gets better from here yeah this is one of our special beer me that vinyl episodes we had the great pleasure of having the two nicest pair of brothers on the planet uh josh and brandon manis came in and talked about game night's latest album budro and man it's a great album great podcast yeah, we get into not only the record, but we kind of get into their history. I mean, the fact that they've been a band for 15 years is pretty impressive. Yeah, we kept going on tangents that took us away from the record, but they had so many other interesting things to say about their their long history of playing shows in Knoxville through not only this band, but a bunch of other different bands. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. And we get into the record, obviously, still. So there's plenty of really great songs on this one. This is one that I, I feel like I was introduced to late after it came out. But the more I listen to it, the more I kind of fall in love with it. He was sleep. I was sleeping. He was sleeping on game night. Yeah, this this record... Don't we, be like me. Right. Don't sleep on get game on night. Get on it now. Um, this record, more than any other that I that we've seen so far, when we keep posting on social media, tell us what album you want us to do for Beer Me That Vinyl. Uh, game night's name came up constantly yeah so we're really excited to finally finally get this one in the can and we paired it with a beer one of our favorite breweries because they're our neighbors and by neighbors i mean like i guess they're 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 our upstairs neighbor upstairs neighbor yeah yeah we hear their kegs rolling around upstairs we hear them using a broom to uh to tap the uh the ceiling to tell us to shut up when we're rehearsing for band practice. But they have amazing beer. It's Last Days of Autumn. They picked Panda Magic, which just felt like a really good fit. It felt right. Yeah. It really felt right. Yeah, there's the Animal Tie-In, which we'll talk about this album, at least in terms of the uh, the cover art and the and the vinyl insert, was kind of a tribute to uh, the Game Night mascot, George the Cat. Yeah. Well, it's available on our website now. You can go grab it right now. And um, we also have a few things that we want to plug before plugs. we get into it. Get the plugs. Plug it up. We got uh, we got cul-de-sac concerts going on. These these have been great. We've we've done a couple so far. They're a ton of fun. It's it's kind of the only way that we can figure to bring live music to people in a way that's safe. They're all outside. They're all uh, in places that are pretty big, and everybody can spread out as much as they want to. It and feels good to have live music back. Yeah. And that even in this setting, it feels good. Even it, though we can't bunch up near the stage, I like know. just just the the act of people being together with an earshot of the same music that's playing and having that shared live experience together um in the only safest way we we know how right now. Yeah. So if you want one, hit us up. We've got a bunch of local artists that we're trying to support through this. Um a lot of them are willing to come to your neighborhood with us, so uh, go to our website, bornandraisednox.com. You can find all the information about cul-de-sac concerts as well as Beer Me That Vinyl on that website. Yeah, and if you order one of these shows, not only are you supporting local musicians, you're supporting the lowly local promoters that are bringing yeah. you this podcast right now, um, and Knox Brew Tours. Yeah. They're, uh, they're hit hard as well, not being able to do tours for the foreseeable future until restaurants can be back to full capacity. So, um, And the other plug we've got, we are uh, going to appear on Ben Fields' podcast, South of Scruffy, 
Um, probably by the time this one comes out, probably by the time this Beer Me That Vinyl episode comes out, the South Discovery podcast with us on it should be out already. So go ahead and it's a great podcast. It's really cool. He he really just dives into the human element of a bunch of really cool Knoxville people, and we are honored and thrilled to be on that one. That was the first time that I'd ever talked to Ben. He's just a really cool dude. Yeah, big music fan as well. Support him. Definitely listen to that. Um, but if you don't have this record right now, before you even start listening, pause the podcast, go to bornraisedknox.com and find the Beer Me That Vinyl page, or go straight to beermethatvinyl.com and pick up this album right now, and I guarantee you, you will be pleased with it. It's a must-buy. It is a must-buy. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's do it. Fun fact about Last Days of Autumn, it's, I think it's the only brewery in town you can get a pitcher of beer. Brewery. Yes. Which really? is pretty cool. Yeah, you're used to that at like Chili's and stuff. But. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Tear them up it's at Applebee's. It's, you know, it's got that like uh, <clears throat> sports bar kind of vibe with a Packers theme and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can get a pitcher of Apple Brew at Applebee's, which is just high life. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> They're just like, sure, you can call it that. Whatever. Man. Apple brew. Growing up, I thought those were like the only restaurants that existed. <laughs> it was like Ruby Tuesdays yeah. and Applebee's. There and really weren't a lot of local places like downtown in Knoxville at that time, though. So That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It was like downtown was nothing. Yeah, there was hardly we anything. kids. Yeah. I don't know that I, I don't know that I have memories of going downtown until like sundown in the city. Do you? I don't many until then. I missed yeah. out on the Mercury Theater days. Same. I used, to, I, yeah. I used to hear stories about the Mercury, and that was like right before my time. Mm-hmm. So, of course, like I would have no reason to go downtown if my parents weren't taking me until I got my driver's license yeah. when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think my first experience downtown was java back when they did shows Mm -hmm. you guys remember that oh yeah Yeah. we used to play there. that was that was probably our that was probably our avenue into like getting down in there yeah just in downtown too but yeah we used to side room and they would just cram everybody in there by the bathroom oh yeah so many people (laughs) crammed and we probably was like 30 but it felt like it was like 100 we did play a couple shows there that were just like way because the fire marshal used to shut it down all the time because they were yeah, there for be, a bit just so many kids packed in there and they're all yeah it was all kids too i feel like yeah like, oh absolutely at first you could a, smoke lo- a lot of there. parent drop-offs yeah because a lot of parent drop-offs going on yeah, yeah. different space, time yeah. yeah you used to be able to smoke in there like in 2001 That's 2002 right. and it was just god it was just too much too close quarters for that <laughs> i remember the equipment being in the back of the room and us like like the other band cleared out their stuff, and I'd be looking back to where our equipment is, and I'm like, "There's no way we can get this from back there." Yeah. It was such <laughs> a hassle. It was just so hard, just because you had to carry it just right through the middle yeah. of the crowd. And it was awesome that there was people there, but it made it a little difficult. What venues have you guys not played in Knoxville? Right, of course. <laughs> we could be a really long time. If it was just well, an open-ended uh, um, around the world. 
stadium in London. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we've played. I'm trying to think of ones that even maybe that closed down. That we you ever play Long played. Branch in the Long Branch? Oh yeah, we played yeah. Long Branch yeah. quite yeah, a yeah, bit. Yeah, we played there a lot. Um, um, yeah, we played at the Well a lot when the Well was open. The Well, yeah, that we was a fun the Well place. so much. <coughs> oh, I know that was a great place. Um, I love that this is a hard question. I know. For you to answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's play the pub, Scruffy. We haven't played a lot of a lot of pile um, of light. A lot of like sports bars. <laughs> the West yeah, Knoxville. Yeah, like yeah, we we haven't played cover, like cover we, haven't, we haven't played Rick's thing. place yeah. out in West Knoxville yeah. or, or what was that uh the timeout deli? Is that what it was called? There's a lot of timeout delis. Maybe it wasn't timeout. Most of deli. which aren't there was music. No, videos. maybe it was Prince's deli. I I've, I've I played shows at Prince's. Yeah, out <laughs> on like Rubble Road. Out, so that's yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I remember that. And that shut down, and pr- they stopped having shows there, and probably <clears throat> oh two, oh three. Yeah, and, I don't think I was in your all's band yet. You weren't. So I didn't never played out there. I yeah. went to see you all out there, and I, was I like, went. I went to a lot of scary. shows there. That was actually the first place that I went to local shows at, because there was a, there were some guys that were a couple some South Doyle guys that were a couple years above me. And they were in some bands that always played out there. And I remember seeing uh, Red Winter Dying before Red Winter Dying was Red Winter Dying play out there. They were called Coexist back then. I was probably, I don't think I was driving then. But I was hanging out at the Prince watching. That was probably my first uh, like local shows, probably before Java even. You know how Jack Neely has his Knox History Project? I want someone to do that for the scene, like the music scene. Yeah, and like go through the whole history of it. That was there. Be there wild. is a cool. lot of yeah. history. I mean, yeah. like back in the in the was it the, the vaults? Was it the vaults? Uh, the V-Roys, like Super mm-hmm. Drag Days, like back yeah. in the day. Like that'd be super cool yeah, to hear V-Roy's perspective really of from back then. I feel like you'd need to do that by committee, like appoint mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. Wayne Bledsoe and Steve Wildsmith to you like, take yeah. this decade. Yeah, you exactly. Take this decade. Yeah. And like yeah. split it up that way. Well, okay. and then and those within the scenes, within that. the scenes of those decades too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like, and we've talked about this before, but like Knoxville and I think any scene works in silos a little bit. You know, depending on like the the vibe of your music or the genre of your music or whatever. But like. Yeah, it makes you it know, really to hard to find one person that knows all. Right. Yeah. There's so many well, different ways to kind of come like, like throughout everybody. the years. Yeah. But Wayne would probably Wayne's pretty much the historian. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is like that weird part of like that. Have we started yet? <clears throat> we started. <laughs> it started. <laughs> I hit I hit record like before I poured the beer. I always hit it yeah. early. I know. But you always <laughs> put this to the back of it. Yeah, I mean, we can cut it in and we can cut it out. Well, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thanks for for being on here, guys. Of course. That wraps it up. Uh, Yep. (laughs) That intro is just for our Patreon as soon as we set up a Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, really excited to have the Manus Brothers here with us of Game Night. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing Doing pretty darn well. Thanks Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Really excited about doing this record and this beer because we finally got around to having last days of autumn as part of the beer me that vinyl while we're sitting basically in their basement we're below their their keg room yes you can hear the kegs roll around in the mornings (laughs) and in the afternoon yeah and at night sometimes when i'm here at night um 
album is Budro. It's a great record. It's a great record to have on vinyl. Um, I was thinking about that listening to it on the way in because there's so much going on in there that it just like having a, a medium that encourages uh, discerning listening and just like undivided attention. It's I think it's perfect for. Uh, when when was the release officially of this one? It was last year, right? It was actually in 2018. Oh. August, August. August. It was like a year before we played the Sun Set on Central. Yeah. That was Man. a great set, by yeah. the way. Thank you. That yeah. was I think that's that was one, like, one of our best sets we've ever had. And that was so that was a great day. That was a fun show. That I brought him really... out, too. It, it got packed in there. Yeah, we were shocked. Yeah, we were, we were, yeah, we <laughs> yes. were right in the sweet spot. So Yeah, that came out in really uh, yeah, close to two years ago now. Um, that should surprise me, but like time just doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, man, it's been too. Ah, that that seriously blows my mind. Um, so actually, before we get into the into the record, one thing I want to do because I've almost forgotten every time um, is have you guys introduce the band. Okay. Yeah. Well, including ourselves, of course. Yeah. Start with <laughs> yourselves, please, because you're the ones. I in the am Josh Manus, and. Uh, I sing and play guitar and also do the recording aspect of for the group. And I'm Brandon. I'm Josh's older brother, and I play drums. And we also have uh, Chaz, who's our bass player, and Robbie Kerr, who is our guitar player. And we've had the same lineup for going on 15 years now. Man. So. God. The elder statesman. <laughs> We're seasoned old. veterans, yeah, old as shit. This fall, this <laughs> fall will be fifteen years. So, man, that's unreal. This it's, would normally be where I would suggest some kind of big, like fifteenth yeah, anniversary yeah. party. But we had a tenth one that was really fun at Pilot Light, and we had talked about, oh, we got to do one for our fifteenth, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. We'll make it a sweet sixteen next yeah. year. Yeah, there we go. Super sweet sixteen. We can get get cars, new cars for the band. <laughs> Um, so I, there's no like set, you know, formula for how we talk about La- last, uh, last month, um, it was Adam and Serena and they just like started going like track by track. Um, but we can go popcorn around or whatever you guys we actually talked about you on yeah. that podcast. Well, so. yeah, we should probably lay out the, it's funny how the connections to last week. This has been completely unintentional, but every single podcast we've found a way to like tie into tie the, into next the previous podcast. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so you also play with Guy Marshall. Also, mm-hmm. album art, which we're going to talk about at some point. Yeah, there's done, a tie there as well. Uh, sure. By by the same guy, really yep. talented dude named Brandon Langley. Um, yeah, that's awesome. But let's let's dig into the music of it. So, this is an exercise that I feel like musicians kind of hate. But like, <laughs> categorically, how would you guys describe your music? Because we have some thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we're never quite sure how, how it's going to line up with how the band actually sees it. I feel like there's elements. We were talking about this uh, earlier today for a little like pre-interview, I guess. But like there's elements of prog. It's definitely like garage poppy. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear straight from the horse's mouths. From my point of view, it it's like interesting pop. But I use interesting only from my perspective. I'm not saying it's interesting to anyone else at all, but it the way I and we write songs, I try to 
put them together to where they remain interesting to me and I don't get sick of them too fast. Right. Um, so, yeah, so from my own perspective, it's interesting pop, I guess. I think that's a great answer, which is why I wanted to hear it from you because it's way better than <laughs> what I said. <laughs> um, and that's exactly why I say this is a great album to have on vinyl because you're right, it is interesting, especially somebody like like me with uh, with really bad ADD. <laughs> it's really It's really nice to sit down and have it and and you can just like listen to every layer of this thing and pick out something new each time and and there's just like so much going on and it, you never kind of like settle into uh I'm like motioning playing guitar right now. You never like <laughs> settle into some kind of like comfortable like three or four chord uh pattern. It's always it's always moving. There's always moving parts. Well, it also feels to me like there's technical aspects to it that don't feel technical it feels fun yeah like the technical aspects of it feels fun and i like that like vibe i told ken i was like it's like a prog band wants to play the theme song to fraggle rock <laughs> like it's just fun it's a fun record and it's like interesting and yeah i think interesting pop is a really good way to to, to categorize it thanks so the little technicalities in there um we try to we try to include things like that that maybe a musician would hear and they would kind of uh, perk their ears up. But then also just a casual listener, it doesn't throw them off of the vibe of the song. Yeah. So it's something that can either be for more musically inclined people or people that are just listening for fun, you know, which everyone is listening for fun, but it's trying to barely like throw those aspects in, pardon me, to where it remains interesting to us and to just a casual listener. Um, hopefully that's the intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Garrett was asking me because I've I've probably had this record on repeat a little bit longer than he has. He's like, "What what are some themes in the lyrics?" And I was like, "Gosh, I'm not I'm not really sure because my my ears and my brain are always following like the guitars and always following the drums and the bass, mm-hmm. um, and I can hear your vocals, but I was like, I don't know how intently I've listened to the lyrics quite yet." Um, so I wanted to just ask you guys that if there's any any particular through line of all the songs or or just like in spots like if you if you were intentionally trying to touch on any particular subjects. No, I, I heard um, your all's podcast with the McNulty's last month. Um, it definitely is not thematically uh, aligned like their record right. is, um, but it is mostly. For me, as the primary lyric writer, it's mostly autobiographical to an extent, but also fictitious as well. Like um, some some songs are just stories, right? Like just a story about something. Like one of them, I was like vacuuming, and I just heard this bass line in seven, and then ended up writing it. And I just wrote about someone in San Francisco, like trying to find their way around basically. So like it doesn't doesn't really mean anything like to like to me deeply, but it was just a fun story that I wanted to write. Yeah. But yeah, there are I think there are pockets of theme in there. Um several of the thong several of the songs. Several of the thongs. The thongs. <laughs> there is the thong song on the record. Um, Cisco's a, a huge influence. <laughs> <laughs> You're the first band ever to say that Cisco is a pu- huge influence. <laughs> I was raised on Cisco. What can I say? 
Oh man, we could have a whole song. podcast about that song <laughs> and that man. <laughs> you guys have any favorite tracks amongst amongst the band on this record, or do you want to? I do. Yeah. Um, my favorite one. It was one of the ones that the lyrics were a little deeper to me like they meant a lot more to me um but the track get up and when i wrote that guitar part it's funny you said talking about the fraggle rock theme song it sounded like a sitcom theme song yeah. like that's what i was going for i just kind of wrote it just noodling around one day and then it's like man that sounds poppy as shit yeah and it sounds like a theme song and i just kind of went and ran ran with it It's just my it's my favorite mm-hmm. pop song that I've written. I think that's a great answer. I love that song too. I'm very familiar with that one because when you guys did that video shoot at Rhythm and Blooms a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. that was the one. You guys were the only full band that came because I had the intention of just mixing it all myself, and I'm not a sound engineer, guys. <laughs> like it was you did great. So it took me a long time. I had to listen to that song probably like. I think I've told you this before. Like I had to listen to it probably a hundred times, and I I didn't I didn't get sick of it either. Which yeah, I'm glad. I think is surprising for any song. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to anything a hundred times, I mean, I when you're mixing a record or something like when I was mixing this record, yeah, I was getting real sick of the songs. I had to take a little break, and then I've gone back and listened to it since, and I like the songs more now. I'm not really one that listens to my records a lot after they're out. You know. I, not really that fun for me to do but um well if, yeah i, I mean, can if actually you mix if I them, hear one now i'm like oh sense. that's not as bad as i was getting it there for a little while <laughs> what's what's your uh recording process like we have a it sounds like a really live record yeah it it was all um just like one instrument at a time mm-hmm. because we we have a small space we have a brandon and i live in a little house in south knoxville and mm-hmm. we have a studio upstairs we've kind of converted into a studio. So we just did, yeah, instrument by instrument. And um, I always try to mix things to where they sound open and airy and yeah. more of a live type, more than more than like a super polished mm-hmm. sound. I try to go for more of a live active sound. But um, yeah, we just tracked everything. It took us forever because like, I don't know, if I don't put a deadline on myself, I'll drag stuff out for a long time. Well, also, this was the first record that we ever recorded completely on our own. That is true. And by we, I mean you. But (laughs) this is the first record that we had ever tracked drums, you know, all the music and all vocals in our space. I forget about that because I've been doing stuff now for a while. Yeah, you've been recording for a while, but we hadn't done a whole record like this. And it was kind of cool seeing him in the process of it, like, how long it would take him to do things like at the beginning. And mm-hmm. then just like, he just got like, so efficient. and he you know knows how to record, but it was just kind of cool seeing the process of him 
doing it. I guess that was kind of learning as I uh, recorded and mixed this one. <laughs> yeah, even but. if you know the concepts of recording, the practice of it just takes muscle memory. And like you, you get a guy. I mean, yeah. you get a guy in there that's been an engineer for thirty years. Like you're paying him because. He can do so many times. Yeah, yeah he knows exactly what buttons yeah. are pre- He just nails it every time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, he may or may not know more than you. It's just that muscle memory is already there. And it's cool that you were able to, like, through that process, build up that muscle memory. Yeah, for sure. And I also, I love, we've recorded with some really awesome engineers and producers in the past that I enjoyed working with. But I really love hitting the space bar to set the record and then running over to grab the instrument or something. <laughs> it, that is, I've done that. Um, we're recording a new uh, Mio album, another band that I'm in. Oh, hell yeah. And so I, I played drums in that one. So I did all those just by myself with no one else there. And just hitting record, leaving enough time to get over to the drums <laughs> and then put the headphones on. And then if you mess up in the first five seconds, you're like, Damn, gotta it. do it all, all over again. But it's like a, it's a really exciting, fun little thing for me. <laughs> it's easier when you're just doing vocals or something. But get I'll do yourself it one of these uh, Bluetooth keyboards. Ooh. I do need to get the, into the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I really need to get a new computer. My computer is from 2009 and it still works. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah, we recorded. He he recorded that record on a 2009. Uh, any Mac, horror Mac stories book. of your DAW crashing on you at, at key moments? No, not really. It was getting overloaded on certain songs. Um, some of the, some songs I brought in some like MIDI files that I would create in a different program, mm-hmm. and then bring them in. And for whatever reason, that just pushed it over the limit. Like my computer was just like no, yep. starting to smoke. <laughs> you had really, to turn off know? certain <laughs> tracks just to like yeah, listen to, to it back. Yeah, I'd have to deactivate all the drums to listen to the vocals. Like only on a couple tracks, it just like just got a little overloaded. But I'm an avid saver, so I luckily didn't lose That's anything. Smart. I mean, every everyone does that, but I just I got lucky that I didn't lose any important bits of data that's good that's real good we've i think on this podcast heard a couple of horror stories of mm-hmm. of that exact thing happening and yeah when you're especially with when you start adding so many different layers if you're uh if your ram can't handle it it'll it'll get really bogged down on you yeah and there's always that oh, fear man. of like that happened to did me. i hit control s before it crashed yeah <laughs> that happened oh, to no. me when i was doing a live recording Oh, oh god! The, like in the middle of a song with a crowd in there, like oh. the whole computer crashed. Was this was this Caleb? <laughs> no, this was Carolina Story. We were oh. at United Record Pressing. It was like their their vinyl record release party, and we we're like, oh, let's do like a little like video for it or whatever. And we had to stop them in the middle of the song, and then like, and it was it was a perfect that take sucks. too. Oh, no. And we're like, hey, the computer crashed, so. <laughs> Ooh. And everyone had to sit there and wait for the computer to reboot. And it felt like forever. <laughs> yeah. You're starting to sweat, I'm yeah. sure. Like, and we were like, oh, my gosh. I mean, especially if you're the one tasked with rebooting the computer. Like, you, yeah. your eyes are just looking at the status bar, and you can just feel sweat pouring down your face. It <laughs> probably feels like an eternity. But, I mean, it wasn't your fault. It's just, yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they got to just do it again. That's yeah. just, them's the breaks. Like, that's, that's how yeah. it works, man. Now, that, that happened to one of our friends' bands. They were almost done mm-hmm. with the recording, and their hard drive crashed, and they spent, it took them a couple years and thousands oh. of dollars to, like, mm-hmm. somehow get it. Somebody took it and somehow extracted 
it out of this hard drive, but it took them years in order to get it done. So scary, scary, scary. are crazy, scary stuff. <laughs> that didn't happen on this record, though. No, no, no. no, no. This is... record made it made it through somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. All right. Um, just looking at these songs, trying to trying to see where to go next. I mean, Midnight Stacks, great. Um, <coughs> I wonder's you. great. Muddle Man's great. I mean. They're they're all great. <laughs> Every one of them is a great song. There's, you really, really can't go wrong. Um, Midnight snack. Let's talk about midnight snack. Yeah. You ever, gosh, I can't, I don't recall. Done I, that. Think, I feel like I heard it first for some maybe reason. Maybe we did like a month before, but I can't remember which songs. I we know we teased. released Muddled Man officially. Maybe that's but I, we, yeah. we, we, we kind of knew Midnight Snack is kind of a fun song for all of us. And that was kind of our, <clears throat> I don't know, ace in the hole, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we released a lot of snippets of that one. It, yeah, it, it, that might have been what it was. We played it, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, we played it a lot live too before the record came That's out. That's probably well. so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of these songs we had played for a while, which kind of isn't a smart thing to do if you want to be a successful band, but we just had them written and we wanted to play them, so, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> that. I feel like there are two schools of thought. Sweet Years is kind of the same way. Like, when they when they released, I want to say, Coat Guts, I was, like, really excited to get some new music. I was mm. like, I know all these songs. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's because I've seen them live, like, ten times before, like, ahead of this release. <laughs> but you know what you're getting. But you know you've wanted them for so long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that in a song takes on a new form when you play it live. Like, Absolutely, you that play it for a couple of years, and you're like, you know, the band rehearses it, and like, what if we do this here, and what if we do that, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's like a, it's matured, it's graduated, you know, yeah. like, and I think that's, you know, two schools of thought. You know, sometimes you record it and you find this magic because it's so new, but mm-hmm. then it evolves, and you're like, I actually like the live version better, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is occurring to me that that is definitely. <laughs> Definitely what it was. I think it was I think it was Midnight Snack and maybe probably I wonder as well were two that like as soon as I put on the record I was like Oh yeah. I I've known and loved these songs for a while. Yeah. It even so like I guess trying to see it from someone else's perspective, it is if you like a song that you've heard live for take sweet years for instance it's fun to hear a recorded version of it because it's totally different yeah mm-hmm. and then when you see it live again it's going to be totally different from the recording that you just heard so especially you know, not if, in all all respects but especially if you get to know a version of a live song and then you hear the recording version and they put layers in a certain spot where you you know just things you haven't heard before it can just kind of make you look at things in a that's an interesting way. point because a couple of these a couple of these tracks i want to say have uh have some Pedal steel or slide uh-huh. guitar? Yeah. Is it um, Keeney? Yeah, mm-hmm. Keeney played on um, Heart Attack. Um, Is it just the one? I think it's just the one that he played think, on this I think time. So, yeah. We were gonna do something on a different one, and it didn't didn't work out. But um, yeah, he's he's great. Obviously, you you all seen him play many times. John, Jonathan Keeney, he can do. Yeah, he can do man. anything. Yeah, and that's that's an element you're not gonna get live certainly every time because yeah. 
the man's in demand. Like you're not gonna be able to get him on stage <laughs> with you every time you go out. Yeah, we, we did have that. him at our album release show, and he played on that, and then he also played on an a old couple song old songs from yeah. Pets Pets, our previous record. Yeah, and we just kind of like I remember having this moment on stage of like I don't do a lot of improvisation really, um, but we started kind of like we just hit this harmony at the same time that ran for like a couple seconds and then it kind of varied off, like yeah. veered off again. And it, I remember that moment of dang, we just hit that like, perfect <laughs> thing together. It was a lot of That's fun. That's a special feeling. We've been playing moments. music together too for, since we were in like seventh or eighth grade. John Lincoln was actually in our first band we ever had. Oh, no kidding. What was the name of that band? What was the name of that band, Josh? Uh, it was called, um, it was, uh, still searching, still searching. Cause, uh, we, Early band names are always great. Yeah, someone <laughs> made a flyer for the, it was going to be our first show, and we only had like two original songs, and we were going to play a Deftones cover and a some few Incubus songs. covers. Yeah, yeah that covers. sounds right. <laughs> and uh, they made a flyer for the show, and then it had the other band names, and then it said "Still Searching." As uh, I think that's how it happened. They right? they put that as like they don't have a band. Like they're name still yet. searching right. for they're their still, band names, and then we, we were just uh, like, "Shit, we'll just." <laughs> cool. I'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll, that works. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll run with that. <laughs> uh, out of curiosity, who was singing that Deftones cover, and how how true to the source material did they try to stick? That was, it was me. You. How'd it yeah, go? Brandon that was that. me because I was playing it on our Rogue Guitar Center gray Floyd Rose guitar at the time, ah. and I learned what drop D was and. That's uh, fun. And, That's really fun. And I'm not a guitar player, especially <laughs> now. But what did I, we play? It was number six off. We of... played "Be Quiet and Drive." Number uh, okay. six off "Around the Fur." Around the Fur. Yeah. Deftones are my favorite band of all time. So, really? Okay. Would have never guessed. Yeah, I know. I I kind of try to bring that. They were badass, man. Yeah. They really. His voice was. So I good. when when we were younger, I just had that element of that because I grew up. I learned how to play drums watching like Abe Cunningham play drums. Yeah, and. So I just used to beat the absolute hell. Like it took me <laughs> years to like calm myself, like to kind of get out of that. But I was yeah. the same way. I like my guitars heavy and my vocals loud. Yeah. yeah. But as as for the vocals, I can guarantee you they were not true. <laughs> they, they they were not true to Chino form. I can promise. It was in a living room too, at someone's parents' house. So I'm sure you. No one could hear them anyway that well, so it probably wasn't that big of a deal. And we all had solid state amps, and no, <laughs> yeah, it we sounded were, like dog. Yeah, this was our first. Duke. That was the first show we ever played, and I mean, we were probably fifteen, maybe. Were we driving? I may have been driving. <laughs> I don't think I was driving yet. Well, I don't know. It was probably yeah. I probably wasn't driving yet. I can't. That was always my game plan in my playing days: get in as small a room as you can, turn it up as loud as you can. Yeah. And people will be like, "Were they good? I don't know. They were loud. No idea." <laughs> Did you play a lot of shows around when you were like not in many high school at all. and stuff? No, definitely not in high school. I did not. I did not have the uh, the courage for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I played in a '90s cover band shortly after college. Sick. Nice. Called Hootie and the Brofish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you inserted that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I wasn't ready for that. That's great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bouncing around here on these tracks. Get up too. We've already we talked about get up. Yeah, we discussed it a little bit. Muddled man. Muddled man's another favorite of mine. Personally, any any insight in into that one? Um, lyrically or otherwise. Lyrically, it was just kind of like 
kind of self, I was inspecting my myself and where I was at at the time. And uh, musically, I was really trying to go for an Andy Schaff kind of subdued uh, inverted chord deal where he's got like the fifth on the bottom of the chord. Mm-hmm. I just wanted kind of, there were a lot of more upbeat songs or just like not necessarily happy songs, but we needed something a little bit slower. So that's what I was going for with that one for sure. Cool. This is like I feel like I feel like you guys are a musicians band for sure. And this is like a musicians episode of the podcast cuz <laughs> like of all the artists that we've mentioned while going through your album, we've gotten Cisco, Deftones, <laughs> uh and now Andy Schaff. It's it's like all over the place. This is that's fantastic. Um, well, and you I think I mean even as we just to compare it to our last episode like you're you're pointing out like how you're building chords and um you know Guy Marshall's like, I think it's a walk up or a walk down. I don't know. Yeah. We walked. <laughs> yeah. I know we walked somewhere. Well, you know, like it's just the 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 difference in it though, yeah. the, the approach is that you guys clearly like put so much thought into the arrangement uh-huh. of of the songs. Yeah, you know? it's it's so cool that like I've I've do play with Guy Marshall some now, but like I've li- liked them since they since it was just Adam and Serena playing, mm-hmm. I think I played with him randomly at the well. I did a solo show there. First time I met him, and I was like, damn, they're great together. Mm-hmm. And, like, his, the writing is awesome. And it's funny how, like, two way different approaches can still yeah, put out songs that some people like, you know? Yeah. It's pretty neat. Yeah, and, in fact, when I first heard that you were going to be playing with them, I was, like, trying to imagine in my mind's ear. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, mind has, ears, your mind has my, some ears. Mine's ear. Um, <laughs> like I was like, what's that gonna sound like? I was like, is he gonna be throwing these like really mathy, like intricate licks in there, or, is, or how's it gonna fit into like an alt country with kind yeah. of like an indie vibe? And it was it it happened beautifully. Well, thank you. With them, it was just because Jonathan Keeney, who we previously discussed, was working out of town, touring and stuff um, with the War and Treaty, and before yeah. that. That one was it. Leanne Womack, he was playing with. He was playing like with that. Leanne Womack. Yeah. Um, if you need a, if you need work as a musician, learn how to play pedal steel. Oh yeah, absolutely. just like yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But he's like, man, he's so good. So they, there was that that part of their songs that the high register stuff. They just needed something else. I'll take a little more. Oh yeah, thank you. We're doing a beer refill for those of you at home. <laughs> hey, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. But, um, when you take a shit, when you take a sip, make sure you to go ah in the microphone. <laughs> make sure they know I enjoy it. <sighs> but yeah, so I'll, all I was really trying That's to do stuff. is learn something similar to what he did. A lot of it's just parts that he wrote, and some of it was stuff that was influenced by him that I couldn't really emulate on a guitar because I can't play a damn pedal steel. I don't have <laughs> one. It would, I might be able to play it if I. It would take a long time. It takes sure. well, it's like hard. six. You got to use both hands, both knees. Yeah, both knee, feet. every. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like playing drums and guitar and at the same. Time. Yeah, and like juggling at the same time. But um, yes, I was just really trying to emulate what he was doing, just to kind of give them that aspect live that they wanted, I guess. Yeah. Um, Brandon, any any favorites of yours on drums? On this record, yeah, um, and it's actually I think my favorite one 
Well, dr- drums aside, I think my favorite song on the record in general is actually one I didn't do anything on, <laughs> and that's Ghost. Um, I always forget about that one. We That's not one that we ever played live. That's one that Josh had come up with the guitar part, and he had kind of made like loose recordings of it, and he had sent it out to all of us, and we were just like, and he was, you know, kind of, yeah, it's whatever, and all three of us were really the ones that were like, no, we, you've got to do something with this and put this on the record. So I had heard kind of the like demo, you know, just kind of the skeleton of it. And he just went up and worked it out one day and just recorded the whole thing. And then I just heard it and just, I don't know. for the first time too yeah and i didn't have a thing to do with that (laughs) song um but yeah as far as drums go i mean there's there's a lot like i i have a bad habit of like having to have a drum part that i enjoy like (laughs) i'll toy with it and toy with it until it's i'm just very obsessive about it but yeah, there's the bridge in Midnight Snack. I just love, and the drums yeah. don't do anything special in that. It's just how everything goes together in that part. And it's just very syncopated, very technical, but yet still in time and accessible to yeah. most people. And uh, That one's cool, too, because it's, it's a pretty abrupt change to the rest of the song, that bridge, mm-hmm. but it still fits like really well yeah. in there. It's another, like, compliment to the overall arrangement of it's it. It's kind of a crazy arrangement, but yet it's subdued at the same time. Yeah. And it's just I don't know. I really enjoyed when we were all like putting that together and like seeing how that came apart. But that's always a part that stuck out to me. But yeah, there's actually a couple songs that didn't make the vinyl because we had to trim some space. Yeah. We're currently pressing a record for a Knoxville band that we will announce shortly where we're Ooh, running nice. into that same that same mm-hmm. issue. It's it like was just about it was just two songs too long yeah. to, to press. Well that's is that how many we cut off? We cut, cut off a vinyl? two and yeah, because we could have maybe fit one more on, but the more you try to fit on a vinyl from my understanding of it. Yeah, it'll the diminish, diminish the yeah, sound, it sound quality. Like yeah. shit. So there weird. there's a song called Darren Tango that's on the record, on Spotify, and on the CD. And so you're saying what we should do is a limited seven inch. Yes, <laughs> Garrett's been pushing the seven inch thing. I love seven forever. inches. I just love like the. <laughs> they are I, cool. Yeah, yeah, they're just fun. They're just. I mean, they're not fun to, to play all the time, but like I like to collect them. I don't know. It's like we, Pokemon cards. We actually <laughs> talked to a previous band member recently, or I talked to him uh, from the band we were in before this about possibly doing a seven inch of reworked old material from that. We were in a band called Capulet before game night uh, with Chris Hill. 
And I was actually talking to him the other night about doing that, going back and either re-recording some stuff or at least reworking something and just like seeing what that would be, you know, 16 years later. It'd be kind of... Yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be, yeah, we just kind of threw that out there and that's been kind of going in my head for the past you week or so. Ruin so. the secret. No, so. <laughs> I know. It's my problem with seven inches is is completely laziness. Laziness. That's it's exactly the laziness. word I was looking for. <laughs> it's not the word you were looking for, but it's the truth. <laughs> you yeah, like flip it. I get it. It's I get just mean, but. you know you yeah. you go through the whole process. You pick it out. You put it down. You play it. You sit down. By the time you get comfortable, song like, I gotta get back up and I gotta flip yeah. it over again. <laughs> and it's it's really my my unwillingness. To get up, walk four whole feet, and flip the damn thing over. <laughs> and I'm just like, nah, man, I just seven like inches. The, I, I like the, the I, I every once in a while, what I'll do is I'll just go through all my seven inches and just like, oh man, because usually it's it is a release of something obscure or different or whatever, mm-hmm. and so it's like, this is the only place this song exists. You yeah, can't listen yeah. to it on Spotify or whatever, and I think yeah. that's kind of cool. That is super cool. Mm-hmm. Do that. I agree, guys. It's super cool. <laughs> I think it is for vinyl nerds, though. I don't. I don't think it's something that like everybody wants. Maybe to that's do, it. Maybe my vinyl nerd credentials just aren't quite there yet. You'll get there. I'll get there. You need to find. Okay, so for me, it's like I've got all the. It's not like I co-host a podcast. I'm a, I'm a big Doctor Dog fan. <laughs> okay, and yeah. so like Doctor Dog releases a ton of material, but they have a ton of seven inches, and I was like, I just want to collect them all. I yeah. need them all. <laughs> And so I'll sit like down Pokemon. and listen to all my Dr. Dog's Heaven Inches, you know? That's what I kind of used to do with Cursive releases back in the day. Because mm-hmm. they, they had so many obscure kind of like B-side releases. Yeah. They had a... Uh, it's the B-side for Ugly Organ, and it had that song Sinner Serenade on it. Yeah. And yeah. that might be my favorite Cursive song. But they had the same thing. They They had like, you know... You'd go at Disc Exchange back in the day, and it'd be mm-hmm. twelve bucks, and it's got two songs on it. And you're like, "Well, <laughs> but you can't, can't not, not, I can't not have it. Yeah, it's yeah. like I can't yeah. get it anywhere else." Like, so I, I've just we used to love Cursive growing up. There, there's, there's another one yeah. for the yeah. for the uh, yeah, for the influences. Really um, getting an incredibly well-rounded, uh, <laughs> just like list of bands on. on this <laughs> what influences? Oh, I was gonna mention mm-hmm. one other one for um for Midnight Snack. He the dude is a piece of shit, but put out some catchy music. But it was totally influenced by like an old R. Kelly. I just wanted to write kind of an old R. Kelly sounding song. Um, so that's where that the guitar part that starts that song is where it comes from. Well, you were talking earlier about like you know but that guy a, is a piece of shit. If you do, yeah. if you like R. <laughs> Kelly's music, but you can't you can't support him, and you just want that R. Kelly fix, that game night's got you. <laughs> and we don't have any hostages. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, We don't yeah. have any dungeons. No harem of young girls. That's, that's pretty much what you want. <laughs> but you were talking about, like, the aspects of, like, progginess and our stuff, and, like, it's kind of interesting. I think most bands will try to write straightforward stuff and then try to kind of shoehorn Add complexity that to kind it. of stuff yeah. in there. With us, it was almost opposite because you like you were saying you were add earlier yeah. and like always that's kind of how we so were. you start there and try to that's try it, to make it more it accessible took us a long time like the first couple records are just we would do proggy stuff like just for the sake of being proggy right like it took us a long time to kind of like try to make that more like fit that into like a pop kind of like shoot not i don't know a little you know just put more. It took us a long time to make our music like poppy enough, yeah. <laughs> to to not just be 
completely yeah i mean un- talk about understandable interesting pop i mean this record and pets pets as well are 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 very approachable and again like i said just with like a ton of stuff going on that you can never get bored with can can we talk about the most accessible record that i i i love is the game night ruins christmas can we just mention that real quick? <laughs> absolutely talk about that oh can, yeah he didn't know about <laughs> it until like a, a month ago it, I, I was like you gotta listen to this it, shit it's one of my favorite records i think <laughs> that, that was, was so fun to make that was man. an inside joke that we had for years we always said we should make a christmas record and just make it awful on purpose and call it game night ruins <laughs> christmas so and then we've got at least two and a half uh volumes of it now yeah. it's now become like at, so there's hot contention around like when it's appropriate to start listening to christmas christmas music <laughs> or if christmas music is good at all um <laughs> but i i fucking love christmas music and i start the day after halloween Damn, that is pretty early. Right. And, and it's November one. Some might say. Well, it's November one, and I'm I'm like, all right, what Christmas what Christmas stuff do I go to? Like, I'll pull up a, a playlist, and then I'm like, wait a second, I gotta pull up Bandcamp. I gotta pull up Bandcamp. I gotta I gotta go to Game Night Game Night Ruins Christmas, and that puts me that in the holiday starts, spirit as much as anything else. Yeah, I'll get that on Spotify this year so that it's yes. easier to listen to. I don't mm. know why we've never done that. We just haven't. But I'll make sure it's on there this year. Absolutely. Shut up, dude. Oh, we're not supposed to mention that? We can't mention that yet? Come on, man. You're a promoter. You know about announcing things before you officially announce them? He was talking about the other thing. The other thing. People. The Halloween record with the Monster Another record might be coming down the pipeline. (laughs) Oh, there's an idea. (laughs) The Double Mons. I want to do like a. A Halloween record that's 15 covers of Monster (laughs) And like all of them are like 15 minutes long. And then somebody just covering like the Halloween theme song on piano. Just <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I would buy that. I, I think I would. I think I would spend money on that. Man, who? I, I need to look into the history of the Monster Mash. I don't know if it's Origins, but that's a weird ass song. It was it confirmed. Song. It was confirmed to be a graveyard smash. <laughs> I don't think I've heard it in probably R-I-A 10 years. approved. Yeah. <laughs> Certified. <laughs> But anyway, without revealing our future secrets, but what were you you were saying about? I don't know, man. Game I don't Night know what rules I'm a, what I'm allowed to talk about. What I, I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing. It's the only thing. That that one. That one. Well, because because it, it it inspired another idea. Are we allowed to talk? Yeah, about Yeah, we that? can talk about that. So <laughs> that many many inspirations from this game night record. Ah. Okay. But I, we were riding in the bus the other day, and I was like, they have kids bop. Why don't they have drunks bop? Like, why is that not a thing? Because it was like, when I listened to the record, it was like, it sounded like you guys got to, you, you knew like the lyrics to like, maybe the first verse. And then it was oh, like, and we'll just songs. see oh, where yeah. it goes. Yeah. The, we had a rule when we started it. <clears throat> originally. Where, yeah. Where when we were going to record it, where we weren't going to look at the lyrics at all. Mm-hmm. But it was just a little bit 
if you don't sometimes know any you, of the lyrics, you just can't do it. Sometimes so. you had to look at some of the lyrics so, just yeah. to yeah. get it in the right direction. Right. But there were times where if you didn't know the lyrics, you just that was the that's you, it. You just had to go. Yeah. yeah. You, you just had to come up with something. I tried so. to do mine, especially without looking at the lyrics. The one because and it was fun too because we each sang a song or two, and that's something that we don't normally do. So it was fun letting Robbie do a freaking Clint Black. <laughs> Milk and Cookies song. <laughs> like ha- hearing him, having him record in, that was in my old room at our old house. And just having having him step up to the microphone and watching him record something was fun. Anyway, same with Chaz. Too. He's like, like stepping up and he has his ear like on his oh headphone man, and he's so like fun. getting into it and then he just says, Milk and Cookies. <laughs> it's just, that was a his blast recording that cold. record. <laughs> yeah. I mean that comes through. It sounded like fun. I, I want. I was like, I wanted to be in the room while they were recording this because it sounded we like that. Yeah, we laughed our asses off. Yeah, but we we want to take that same concept and just do it to pop standards. Absolutely. This is this and, is and we're gonna call it drunk spot. We're gonna call it drunk spot. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, this is already beyond the infancy <laughs> phase. We we've already found a uh, a studio to partner with that owns the uh, the rights to a lot of. A lot songs. of these songs. That we, we would actually yeah. love to invite you guys on to some of these tracks oh, yes. and help Absolutely. us guide us in this concept. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That'd be so fun. The secret is like we we kept a lot of like the kind of room noise mm-hmm. and oh, stuff, yeah. and we just threw it in there yeah. just to yeah, yeah. kind of help amazing. hopefully explain that it's a joke because yeah. I'm yeah. sure some people probably thought it was serious. I mean, it was the, serious the name extent, of the record should yeah, have should do it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when he's doing mouth trumpets in every song, that, yeah. that definitely... That is my best instrument. It's not even debatable. I'm what, best at mouth trumpet. what did the credits say? It was like the Mouth Trumpets Guild of America or something that performed remember. on the record. I can't remember. It, we, got, we got a union player for that one. <laughs> Session Mouth Trumpeter. He was getting the Golden Hour pretty late, so we had to cut it to six tracks. Yeah. <laughs> There was one track uh, that we just, you just found the soundboard and just started putting a lot of sound effects and boing, springy noises (laughs) and stupid stuff in, just went over the top on it. (laughs) Sound effects are... That was fun uh, stuff, yeah. They're good for certain things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so as I mentioned before we started recording, that we get to talk about something that I I don't think we've been able... Am I right about this? We haven't been able to talk about this at all on any of the previous episodes. And that is uh, liners. Yes. Yeah. We no none of the records had. Uh, you're right. Yeah, is what Great. I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you already you already started to, to mention a little bit, but what? So you've got all the lyrics printed out here. A picture of your uh, beautiful cat. <laughs> what? A beautiful cat. Is it your cat? It it's is your our, cat. It's our late our late cat. We have two oh, cats now, but man. that was George and. We wanted to. We had. Um, you immortalized him too. Yeah, that's. I want to get a tattoo of him too. He was. He was the man. But, well, um, he was kind of like the game night mascot in a way. Right when we started, and this was in like winter '05, we used to practice in a room in a church in South Knoxville, and we were pulling up to our practice space one day, and this little like rat thing ran out in front of our van, and it ended up being Baby George. And as soon as we got out of the van, he was like trying to climb our legs and it was freakishly cold outside. It was like in the teens that night. He was just a little kitten. He was a little kitten. So we, we, we brought him into the church and like put him into a side room, like while we practiced. And then he, we tried to put him outside and shut the door and see if he'd run off. And he never did. So we just took him home after the practice. And that was. Our we tried band. to find an owner too. Like we put out flyers and stuff because I we felt kind of bad. We're like someone lost their 
cute, cute kitten. And I'm glad nobody ever called yeah. us about that. So yeah, he was awesome. He was an indoor outdoor boy, and he was a hunter, which we tried to discourage. But he was just the best man. He was and great. He, had, he acted like a dog. Cat. Yeah. And and he just died <laughs> bef- right before we put this record out. Mm. And so, Budro itself is actually a tribute to him, just because that's what we used to call him. Yeah. So that's, that's actually why the album's called yeah. The, oh, the, cool. the, the album's actually named after our old cat. So and that's I was, cool. Always called him Budro, but he <clears throat> he was great, and we wanted to include him somewhere on here. And also, it's funny that like. You were talking earlier about um, the lyrics are just something that you don't really focus on sometimes listening to our music, and but we, I guess we kind of know that, so that's why we wanted to include a lyric sheet. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that was actively why we did it, but I've, I've always enjoyed putting lyrics in the artwork if they fit properly. But yeah, I just I like having that aspect because I used to love listening like opening up a cd that had lyrics and just mm-hmm. reading along with the song i still i, I still well. enjoy that yeah, oh, yeah. i still love doing that. i mean it gives it so much more de- I, I i said this in the last episode but like i'm a listener who like the lyrics are usually the last thing i get to yeah me too. so because I, I you know i me listen too. to production i listen to the performance of the parts mm-hmm. and then i eventually get around to the lyrics and i feel like the lyrics kind of tie it all together it gives me. I, it's like I like. I don't want to start with lyrics. I want to. I want to end with lyrics because it like ties the whole concept together. And it's cool sometimes too because you think it's one thing, just like yeah. casually listening to it, and then, you know, you can kind of interpret music however you want to. Yeah. How the lyrics relate to you, but then when you find out what they are, they can make you think about them in a different way, mm-hmm. and kind of gives it like the song a new life after you have, like, kind of listened to all the music and kind of memorize that that's what i do i just yeah try to memorize like records completely so but i'm sorry about that by the way i want to be a more discerning listener for <laughs> lyrics but oh, no. my mind is always just like what's <clears throat> the guitar doing that's that's on the exact <laughs> yeah, same way i yeah. think that's partially why we write music the way we do because that's i'm i'm the same exact way listening to music first and like if there's a cool change in there that you're not expecting or just whatever it is it just yeah, I don't know. It makes this me, record's full of those, by the way. Like, <laughs> it just cool, makes cool me like, more interested in the song itself, whether if it more so than if it's just like just a verse and a chorus. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I like plenty of songs that are just that, and even some of ours on the album are that. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I just I, I feel you on that, though. I'm in the same boat. Cool. And this album art too. I love this. <clears throat> it, it's it's uh. If you haven't seen it, like from Game Night or seen it like on our website yet, it's a uh, it's a what looks like a beat up ping pong table that's been left out in the rain in somebody's yard during fall when there's a bunch of leaves on the ground. Um, what what are we looking at here? Is this <laughs> is this your ping pong table? No, we didn't have an idea for album art at all, and Brandon Langley had kind of like mocked up a couple things. Mm-hmm. And then he just sent me that picture one morning and just put Game Night Budro on it. Or I think he just put Game Night because we didn't have the album titled yet, I don't believe. And that was just a picture that he took at, um, I believe it was his girlfriend's old house. And that was like the last thing they left. They just like left it outside because it, it had gone to shit. But uh, he just took that picture one morning and then took a picture from the other side. He was like, here's your album artwork. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> Actually, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. We, yeah. So then we ended up like getting together and finalizing all the little details and stuff. But yeah, I actually designed the artwork for Pets Pets. 
and every good idea that I ever had, I used on that. <laughs> so we did. We didn't have had no idea. We had no idea what to do. So the artwork was all Brandon Langley, like all him completely. That's awesome. I I don't know if you guys uh, approach listening to music in this way. It's a topic that I'm endlessly interested in and can talk about forever and ever. But do you ever categorize? albums into seasons like this is a fall record this is a summer record absolutely which is perfect and i don't know i don't know if it's the album art that informs that and kind of primes me to think this way or if it's the other way around where it's like this is this record should be for this season and the album art fits it but this to me is a fall record and pets pets is a summer record yeah like to to me too that album art like it looks like you guys all having fun on a road trip in summertime this one's (laughs) like Here's a bunch of fallen leaves on the ground um, with a ping pong table. Fun for fall time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it I think it just like brings it all home, ties it all together, encapsulates it perfectly as as well as any album art could. Both of them. So no, thanks. Yeah, that, and, and you for Pets, Those Pets. definitely are my feelings on those records, too. This feels more like a fall record than – I know some of our older records, we've released them all like in the wintertime and – I don't know. It was nice to have a record come out like right as fall was starting, and it kind of felt it felt like fallish. fall to yeah. me. So, there's also I heard you all talking to Adam and Serena McNulty about the room number on Guy Marshall's. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is uh, it on here somewhere? Yeah, there's a little 44 um, on the right bottom right corner of the ping pong table. He, he was trying oh, to figure shit. out where to put it. He just had yep. to put it somewhere. <laughs> He's like, I've got this thing. I've got to do it. I can't and believe. I like, Absolutely. Once I realized that it was Brandon that did this, I can't believe that wasn't the first <laughs> thing I went and looked for. Yeah. It, I love that he Easter does eggs, that. man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. He's a really, really talented dude and super interesting, too. I miss you, Brandon Langley, if you are listening to this. I hope he's listening. I haven't seen him yeah. in a while. This is the second episode in a row that we've mentioned him. I hope he's listening, too. Yeah. We might just have to have him on for his yeah. own podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk about creative stuff. He's super yeah. creative. We did a video workshop with him for, for Knox Music Coalition. Oh, really? Yeah, we did the Sweet Years video. He showed the Sweet Years video and a couple other ones. That was so freaking fun. I Man. was lucky enough to be there for some of that. Yeah. Man, it was a, he did such a good job. Oh, yeah, on you that. were one of the dancers on yeah, the, the, on the ball field, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. you got that was a, so fun. You, you got a red guitar strap out of the deal. Yeah, and so, a shirt. Thanks, yeah, Sweet, a shirt sweet Years. And yeah. uh, a cap. And Brandon Langley for <laughs> yeah. directing the Sweet Years video. It was, man, that was a great video. But it was. Yeah, Brandon's <laughs> super talented. I'm glad that you guys got him involved on this one. Yeah, us too. Anytime that he, I heard Adam say this too, but anytime he will is willing to work with us, we're, yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was him just having it up in his head and mocking it up and just sending it to us. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, that's, yeah. He sent me other <laughs> random stuff every now and then too, like, just for a, di- a different project or something, just like they'll just be thinking about you and then make something kind of as a joke and send it to you. It's really funny, <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's a perfect deal. segue into what I was going to bring up next. Speaking of other projects, you guys have anything on the horizon or anything you want to plug? I know it's a weird time to ask for plugs because shows aren't happening. Yeah, um, we're going to, I've been working on this uh, B-Sides track for from this album that just didn't make it. Is it Ocean? <clears throat> no, no, that one, um, that wasn't ever recorded for this or anything. That's going to okay. be hopefully on a. That's one of the new few release. new songs we've written since. Yeah, we, we haven't written a lot this, since so, that yeah. record. I, I don't know. It, you can't make yourself, I guess, if it's not coming out. But um, it's hard to right now. Yeah, anyways. I've been kind of in a right. rut. Yeah. 
creatively, but understandable. Yeah, this one, um, this one track I finished, and hopefully by the time this podcast is out, I will have it up. To, oh, sick! I want to try to have it up and kind of correlate with the podcast too. So, yeah, um, it's called "The Way I Was." It's a cool song. I like it. It's yeah, kinda, it kind of sounds a little different from the album because I've mixed it at like three years later, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like yeah, it. A we lot. we had so we had B sides for the vinyl, and then we had B sides for the actual record yeah, too. And we had, we had them. never had any B sides for any records. We so. just tried to record too many songs. That's why it takes us too long. Next <laughs> time we're just doing like we're six doing or seven EP. songs at we're, most, maybe just four. We're doing an yeah. EP, and we're gonna yeah. I want to get something out within like the next year, so hopefully we'll start recording that soon. I love but. it. I'll take I'll take whatever we can get as quickly as we can get it. Um, I feel like this is lazy interviewing right here, but like, is there anything that we didn't get to that that you wanted to mention about this? I feel like before we started recording, we joked jokingly said <laughs> save it for the pod, guys, like four times, and I don't even remember what those were now. Um, I but, do want to I want to talk about the beer. Yeah, it was fun picking. Yeah. This is the first time we actually collaborated with the artist on the cho- the choosing of the beer yeah. and it was nice because it was last days which is right above our office so there's a cool tie-in we'll probably have mike on the the next podcast yeah um, to talk about that beer but panda magic what a name it's pretty good it was delicious too i'm it enjoying was good. it yeah. well, i mean we finished the pitcher off pretty quick so mm-hmm. it's not bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was my first time having this one i like it a lot yeah, yeah. do they do a lot of keg rotation up there it seems like they do like they don't mm-hmm. have the same thing for more than a few weeks yeah i mean like. they, they've got some beers that they like they stick with yeah. but um you know they get creative with stuff i really like you know like he was saying like the juicy j that's been around for a while but now they have a, a double ipa that's yeah. the juicy j and he was like which one do you want the reg or you know that one looks, or? looks it, intimidating they're both very good <laughs> and then they have one that they just i really like the jalapeno rattler it's interesting i saw that one on yeah there. i saw that on the menu i was you looking can, at it yeah it's good i've it's, not been bold enough to try i need, I need i'm to not just a try big it. pepper boy you're wearing a d-back shirt you should totally be <laughs> trying the. you should totally be trying the rattler yeah come on man <laughs> come not on. In, not indicative of my fandom this is an old little league shirt that still fits me somehow <laughs> but yeah so yeah i mean they've got they've got some really like they got some standards that you can always go to i really like the oracle force drinking really well right now mm. but but the Panda Magic, I think this is the first time I've tried it, and it's really good. It's good. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. Everybody should buy it. It's delicious. I want to plug the Tropical Sour real quick for anybody who's listening that hasn't been to Last Days yet. It's real good. I think my favorite thing about Last Days, though, is the vibe. Mm-hmm. I mean, the oh, beer yeah. is great. Don't get me wrong. But every, every, I think every brewery has its own little, like, one thing that sets it apart. and like For sure. The vibe here is neighborhood hang. It is a neighborhood hang. It's family. Like, the whole, the whole place was built by, like, people, like, coming in and being like, you guys don't have this. Let me get this for mm-hmm. you. They don't like sell it to them. They just bring it. You know, like um, the lands- got patio furniture out there that yeah. we were bringing in storage and didn't <laughs> want anymore. And, and Tracy was like, "Oh, you brought us furniture," and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah, <laughs> put it on out there, yeah." And um, and when and whenever we walk in and see Nathan Vance behind the bar, we'll, yeah, I mean we're 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 <laughs> yeah, at home there anyway. Yeah, he's the man. A plug this, for Nathan. Nathan Vance is awesome. <laughs> this is the Cheers Bar of Knoxville. You know, where everyone he definitely knows, knows name. our name. You see, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Brandon's just a very zingers. nicely played. Zingers today. It's a good vibe. Good vibe here, and I'm glad that you guys chose it because I feel like there's that same kind of feeling, you know. And we were talking upstairs when we were picking it, like. All of our records seem to have an animal kind of vibe, mm-hmm. and so the That's a great point. Panda Magic just hey, 
I'll take Panda Magic. You guys can game you can stand behind Panda Magic. Panda Magic. We yeah. can definitely stand behind. I'm gonna <laughs> learn it someday. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, guys, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Talking about yeah, thanks for this record and Game Night Ruins Christmas and Pets Pets <laughs> and all your old bands. Are there any old bands? Former bands that you guys were in that didn't get a mention in this podcast yet? We talked about... There's a few. I call it Meowb, and it's fine that it's incorrect. It's, I'm still going to stand <laughs> by it. It's technically Meowb because the baby, O right? stands for ogre. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's but fine. I'm, I'm still going to call it Meowb. Oh, a quick we really don't mind. It doesn't. <laughs> no one gets offended. Our quick linear history was I was asked to play... I actually started out playing guitar, and he started out playing drums. No, like and so I was asked to play drums in this one band. And I wasn't good at all. And so I joined them, kind of learned the ropes of it a little bit. We ended up getting rid of a guitar player. And then that's when we brought Josh in. Because all the other bandmates were like, we've got to get Josh in the band. They would see how he was writing stuff in the garage. But yeah, at the time, I was just like playing Saves the Day songs in the garage and then starting to write. Saves the Day, there's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's another one. Yeah, um, I would just like play all of Through Being Cool. And uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> I was obsessed with it. But they, I guess, liked what they heard, and they kind of <laughs> did like this little coup to get me. They told me, they're like, we really want to get you in this band. And I was like 16, I think. I was like, I'm in. Just uh, felt like it was like a, a cheating relationship or something. I was like, you need to like tell your okay. former lover that you have a new lover, you know? No, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, but that, I mean, that we... was the start of us even playing in like an actual band together, not like the one where we played the Deftones and Incubus. That, that band played like two shows in our high school talent shows. Yeah, and it was we freaking really killed it at the high school talent shows. <laughs> Don't did. get me wrong. We played Fairweather song and it was badass. But <laughs> yep. Fairweather. Fairweather. There's another one. <laughs> but um, yeah, after that, I joined... You joined and then we, we called it... We changed it, the name. We changed, called it Rockwell and yeah. we got a lot of shit... Um, about the I always feel like somebody's watching me song because that guy's name was apparently Rockwell, Rockwell. too. And yeah. we didn't we didn't we didn't Google our name before we uh, It so. wasn't a good name. It wasn't a good name. <laughs> but we we were that for about a year and then He's somebody's, player left and then we somebody's did somebody's kid, right? He was somebody's kid. I'm not sure. I know he had Michael Jackson on that song. So I wanna say he was um You're it? blowing it. I'm not, I don't know. You're blowing. I'll pl- I'll, I'm gonna punch in right here. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was beep, and so yeah. I mean, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Garrett has that the post editing well. powers. <laughs> Do you enjoy editing the podcast and stuff? Yeah, sure. Is it fun? I I, I really enjoy editing songs. Honestly, I yeah. I think fun. that the po- the podcasts because it's kind of serialized, like it's not as interesting as like maybe editing a song. Cause there's, I think there's just more to do on a song. Like yeah. I, I really enjoy mixing live shows. I've gotten really into it. Cause every night there's a new band and there's a new challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how this guitar likes, you know, or learning is like, Oh, I've never had to mix a violin. Let's see how this goes. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of the night, you figured that out. Yeah. But with podcasts, it's like, it's four vocals and here are four vocals. <laughs> Two of them are always the same. <laughs> I'll just put some sweet distortion on my voice or something, yeah, and then okay. it'll give you, it'll jazz it up. I'll do that. I'll, I'll do it right there where you I'll do it right it. there, yeah. I'll, I'll put on some really I would like right just fire noise, but load of Yeah, the whole So, so you can't tell how flat my talking <laughs> voice is. 
just want to totally watch that. I like it. <laughs> no, but I like it. I like, I mean, you know, being able to punch in songs here and there. Which yeah, we'll do that's a nice track. That's cool, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, really cool yeah. that you all do that. Yeah. That you all did that on this episode because mm-hmm. it already happened. Weren't those great? Right. It was yeah, great you guys really enjoyed the be- that. The beginning of Muddled Man time. will play now. I'm taking over what song I'm actually going to put there. Yeah. <laughs> the thong song. The thong song. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> oh, one other thing I'd like to plug is Mio will be putting out a record sometime within a year so keep your eyes peeled can't wait <laughs> and i've heard it more than anybody else who's not in the band and it sounds really really good it's coming along well. so it sounds really really good heck thank yeah. you big meal yeah. fans around here thanks well guys thanks so much thanks for doing this thanks, thank for, taking thanks for having us guys everybody really buy the record it. everybody buy the record do do it now <laughs> do it right this moment hold actually. on right now, well, with I your think. permission, is there any one of these, any song that you'd like to choose for us to kind of play out the podcast? Yeah. Ooh. Go for it. You recorded it. Um. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> you need to look at the track listing there? Yeah. <laughs> What's on this damn record? Um, Heart Attack. Heart Attack. Yeah. Done. It's kind of long, though, so if you need a shorter one, just do something else and edit. We'll just kind of fade it in. It's got the pedal still in the chorus, so if you just want to skip to the chorus. Sick. (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. Well, we'll do that, and that will be the end of Beer Me That Vinyl episode number whatever this is. Guys, thanks again. Thank you all. This is the place, the place you read about. You've got your camera. Yeah.